Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Bad, horrific, terrible, horrendous, god-awful, pathetic. You can use about any one of those adjectives or any combination of those adjectives. And that's how you could describe the Rockets' performance tonight. They lose this one by 49 points. Yikes, y'all. Yikes, that's all I got to say. Jeremy Brenner here welcoming you guys to this episode of The Dream Take presented by thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. We're doing our second show live from the Locker Room app, and I'm joined here by my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown. Mike, I started off the show by listing off a bunch of adjectives to describe this performance. You care to add on to those adjectives? Pathetic, disgusting, uh, unacceptable, uh, the new norm. I, w- and... I hope not. I hope it's not the new norm because I wouldn't want to lose by 50 every night. But Yeah, it's with respect to what you said a couple of shows ago about we haven't hit rock bottom. This is rock bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is this. It's it, you know what, man. Honestly, it's it's hard. Like it's it's hard to watch your team do what they did tonight. It's it, they lost by forty nine points to Memphis. Seven touchdowns. Yeah, and and you know what. And, and I get Christian Wood wasn't playing, and I get Oladipo wasn't playing, but they're 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 just they're done. Like they're they Silas looks defeated, the coaching staff looks defeated, Eric Gordon looks defeated. They just don't have any answers, you know. And there the one thing that really upset me tonight is there's no hustle. They don't get back. There's no transition defense. There's nothing. Yeah, the Rockets were not 
prepared for tonight at all. Yeah. And that this is this is the result of a team that has lost so much in the last, you know, this is I think it's been 24 days since they've won a game. So that's three and a half weeks we're talking about where they haven't won a game. And you're seeing it on the court. You're seeing the toll that it takes for guys who, look, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, Eric Gordon, three of your starters tonight were in the bubble in the playoffs. They played in big playoff games for the Rockets. Sterling Brown was in the bubble with the Bucks. You know, these guys are used to playing big game and they're, they're used to winning. And this is far from it. And that can take its toll on you, especially when you've been playing so many games recently and, you know, then you throw in the winter storm and, and it's just the whole, the whole team looks just totally flat, flatter than a flat tire. Yeah. But they can't Watch. use it that. It really is because there's just so like, because you know that they can play better than this. But tonight kind of asked me, you know, have we seen like because this team was look before the before the losing streak. This this is what eleven in a row now. Before before this, the Rockets were over five hundred. Yeah. The Rockets were over five hundred before this losing streak started. So right. you know they can play better. Like if we were into the season and the Rockets were like you know four and twenty eight, like I get it. Like it's fine. It's a it's a nine and nine out base. But this team, you know. Maybe we underestimated Christian Wood, but this team has the ability to play better than what they showed out tonight. And it's just unfortunate when your team doesn't play up to their capabilities and not even like close, but nowhere near it. It was just, there's no positives about tonight. No positives. Not even Justin Patton, who played, you know, somewhat decent uh, tonight. He, he like Justin Patton looked really good tonight because everyone else looked really bad. Well, and they shot four of forty five from three. Yeah, that that like, like that's embarrassing, dude. That's and good for you know what you know what this team needs right now more than anything. Bill Worrell did it tonight. Uh, I think it was the first minute of the third quarter where he came out and said, "Like this is enough. Like this is embarrassing." Like if you if you're, if these guys aren't going to play, then let's get some players in here that actually want to play, and actually want to play hard. You know, there's a difference between minutes played and playing minutes to me. Like to me, you can be on the court when David Nawaba is on the court, he plays hard. The, like Eric Gordon's one of ten tonight. You know, uh, Daniel House two of eleven. I mean, nobody shot well, so we don't need to go into the numbers, but. I mean, somebody's got to stand up and say, this is enough. Like, somebody needs to do it. I don't know if it's Silas. I don't know if it's John Lucas. You know, I just, I don't know what it is, Jeremy. Like, I don't know who can do it. You know, like, I don't know who the team looks to. Like, this this minute right here, at this time, makes me miss DeMarcus Cousins. Because I'll tell you what, DeMarcus Cousins would be that dude in the locker room that would say something. No, I don't think so. I, I personally don't agree with you on that one. But Why? Why not? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Why? He was the guy who stood up for the locker room at the beginning of the year with Harden. Him Mike, and John DeMarcus Wall. quit on the team. He didn't quit on the team. Yes, he did. Well. He okay. partied ways with the team. Well, 
He does. He didn't want to be here. He was done. Well, I mean, he if was you want done. to believe the national look, report, look, he was done. He was starting. He got more minutes than any other, you know, that he could have asked for, and he asked to leave. He asked to leave. He would not have been the solution tonight. Not there the is no solution for tonight. So, you know what the solution for tonight is? Make your damn threes. How about that? Or get or get new players on the team that actually or get want the to players play. who can make threes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Victor Oladipo by. See ya. PJ Tucker, gone. See ya. Like, I'm done. I'm done with these guys. I want some guys who are actually going to give a you-know-what every night. Or who actually can play every night. You know, Victor Oladipo, play one game, sit three games. That's what it feels like with him. Bye. See ya. Yeah. Done with him. And we'll talk more about Vic and that news that came right before tip-off with his contract extension. And... That's a joke, too. Yeah, and I'm going to be, like, scrolling on Twitter, looking at reactions from tonight. But also, if you're here with us live in the Locker Room app right now, and if you want to come up and discuss something that we're talking about or or ask a question or bring up a different topic, just feel free to put your uh, speaker request button on, and you can come up on stage. Or you can talk in the chat. We have some people active in the chat so far. Uh, Keegan and Randy and Lucas. So if you guys want to talk in the chat, we'll be looking at the chat. We'll, if you want to come up and speak and ask us a question and uh, with your voice, you're more than welcome to do so. So we're here on the locker room app for about another 30 plus minutes or so uh, answering your questions, talking about the Rockets tonight as much as we can. I mean, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot you can really talk about when the game was as bad as it was. Look, like, the Rockets should have made their threes. They the Grizzlies played well, but I don't even think it was more the Grizzlies playing well. I think it was, you know, the Rockets just didn't play well at all. And like you can only beat a dead horse for so long, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well But hopefully this is the moment that wakes the Rockets up. That, you know, the I feel like at this point, like the Rockets have just been kind of settling it and just accepting the fact that oh, we're without our best player, you know, we have all these injuries, it is what it is, but just because that's the case doesn't mean that you have to go out and play like you did tonight. Most of the win, most of the losses in this losing streak have at least, you know, shown the Rockets to be somewhat competitive. And there have been lulls in each game where, you know, have, which has led to these losses, but tonight there was no sign of any kind of, you know, hope. Maybe early in the second quarter, when I think Jay Sean Tate and David Nawaba led some kind of run to cut the lead down to like five. But then at that point, it was just like, well, yeah, I, I mean, we don't need to go into it. I mean, they sucked. They sucked tonight. They, they were awful. I mean, they just, mm-hmm. I, I, man, I just, I don't know. I, I, I really, it just, it boggles my mind. You lose by 49 points. To not Memphis is solid, right? They moved to 15 and 15 on the year. A lot of good young talent on that team, but they're not a great team. Like, if you get beat by 49 by the Lakers, okay, fine. No problem. You know, you chalk it up to no Oladipo, no Wood, had an off night. You get beat by 49 at Memphis on your home court? Eh, bad. Just terrible. Yeah, you know, Calvin Murphy is saying on the on the on the post game show that it's the worst loss that he's seen in his role as 
you know, as a commentator. And that's saying something, considering how many games Calvin Murphy has seen. Yeah, this is just not... I, I mean, can you remember a time when the Rockets lost by, you know, 40? No, I can't. I can't either. And look, man, I... <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, the first thing that came to my mind tonight, I think it's fair to bring this up, is maybe James Harden was right. Maybe this can't be fixed. Maybe this is something that... No, this certainly can be fixed. Well, not with this. I mean, with this collection... Maybe not talent. with this roster, but yeah. no, we can that's be... how you fix it, is you fix the roster. Right, but I'm speaking more to his... Uh, you know, he wanted out because he wasn't going to contend for a title with this team. He was right. Well, yeah, this team wasn't a title team, but there's a difference between a title team, a contending team, and a tanking team. And we at least thought up until about a few games ago that the Rockets were a, a contending team, a team that could at least fight to play for one of those last playoff spots. But these last couple of games have kind of shown, and as this losing streak is stretched out now to 11, that this team is is not bad. And the thing is, the talent on the roster, you would at least think that this team is good enough to be in that contending role. But they haven't shown that over the last couple games, and especially tonight. Yeah, and I, I will give some credit to a statement that you've had before of what if Christian Wood was with this team? I think now Christian Wood being there tonight does not solve you losing by 49 points, but I, I am very curious as to when he comes back, does does the team just flip a, you know, flip the, does the light just suddenly turn on? Look, you know? He's not coming back until after the All-Star break, so let's let's get that yeah. out of our heads. And but, but he's gonna be joined by by Kevin Porter Jr. And Kevin Porter. So there will be that um that newfound energy that this team yeah. desperately needs. This team needs energy. And yeah. getting two of your talented two, the two most talented players, I'm just gonna say it, the two most talented players on the roster back in your rotation and playing actual minutes, then that that will give them a spark. That will give them that mental um, that mental boost, especially when you're also talking about the fact that they do get this all-star break. So, look, but that that's besides the point. They just need to go out and look like an actual NBA team. This is a JV squad. Honestly, I, I'm going to say this right now, and I, this isn't even a hot take, I feel. I mean, it, it will sound like a hot take, but people might agree with me on this. The Vipers would have beaten the Rockets tonight. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they would have, Mike. No, they wouldn't. Yeah. No, they wouldn't. No. Is, yeah. So, and I'll see that. And let's see, we have a request to speak here from, from Easy right here. So I'm going to let Easy come and talk on stage and let's see what he's got to say. Easy, you're on stage, man. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm, got, I'm good, guys. And yourself? I'm, good. I'm well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, granted, given the circumstances, but yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, you know what? The Rockets, the Rockets in itself are, is just a conundrum. They're just yeah. a conundrum. Um, because, you know, it's hard to really just speak about it. Like, you know, because it's, it seems like whenever you have to talk about the Rockets' fortunes right now, it feels like sometimes people go all the way back to 2018 in the hamstring pull in Game 5. Or you want to go and start claiming about the Russell Westbrook trade. Or even when people want to go even further and say Tillman is just awful, right? But... We have to actually, like, put a microcosm of what's going on now. The team, we all knew this, right? 
we all knew this going into this season. This team could have had a high floor and a very low ceiling. And what they have shown is that their ceiling, their floor was really, really low, and they're showing it every night. Because even if James Harden and Christian Wood were still on this team, that means you would still be dependent that they would have to average between those two amongst 50 to 60 points with this roster. This roster was not going to go far regardless. Yeah. Um, all, you know, we, we you touched on something with Tillman, and, and we're, I'm assuming we're going to get to the Victor Oladipo news from tonight because I don't know if I feel the same way that other people do about it, but I do feel like James Harden covered up a lot of the the issues with this team because of how special he is. And people are now realizing, the national media and everybody else realizes how special of a talent James Harden is because he yes. is that good. You yeah. know, he is he is a once-in-a-generation type of talent. And when you have a guy like that, you build a, a system and you just forget how good this man is at the game of basketball. So, mm-hmm. And also, to, to piggyback off of that, uh, James Harden makes his teammates better. Right. You see it in Brooklyn, how, how Bruce Brown looks playing next to him, how Kyrie looks next to him, how DeAndre Jordan looks next to him. Right. And so that's what he did for guys like PJ, for guys like Ben McLemore, for guys like Eric Gordon. You know, he was – for guys at Daniel House. And when those three guys – and you've seen it with those – specifically those three guys, uh, with House, McLemore, and PJ – how those three guys have regressed significantly this season because they don't have James Harden. And that just goes – and Christian Wood's also that kind of guy. Christian Wood right. makes his teammates better. He does. Right. And and it's – we're seeing how much that is. So, look, if James Harden were on this roster, it's not just the fact that James Harden is on the roster and giving you 30 a night, but he's setting up other guys for success. Right. He and would, that's right. the idea of a val- – that, that just goes to show – how valuable a guy like James Harden is. is That's true. Not only does he bring what he brings, but everyone else around him. Go ahead, Easy. Sorry. About no, that. no, no. You're right. I was going to add on to your point that um, Harden has had multiple games as a Rocket where he was responsible for 80 plus points mm-hmm. for the whole team. And the Rockets had that amount of points without him and no one else tonight. Yeah. Like he was, he was the sun and the moon and the stars of the organization, no matter if he wanted to be it or not, because of the way how we invested in Moriball. And Moriball wasn't created for him. It was created to come up with the talent gap when we were a middling team with the Kyle Lowry's and, you know, all those teams from the past. And because we never tanked then or we never got a lottery pick or hit on a pick, we always had to search for 3 and D guys to fill up the role, hoping that we can launch a ton of threes because of variance and have defense to offset the variance. But we never caught up. We never caught up in terms of measuring the talent gap, which is now showing, like, why this team is so bad. Because now with Silas, Silas's approach is not particularly like Mike D'Antoni's approach, where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to give you guys easier possessions, easier ways, easier looks just efficient looks. Silas kind of now just wants to, like, add all these actions and things that players just cannot do. Like, P.J. Tucker, like, doing a dribble handoff. He cannot do that. He's 
not feasible to do that. Right? Well, but it's but it's not on real quick. It's not on Silas that these guys are not making shots. No, I agree. I'm just saying in general that the, what I'm saying is that the talent, right, does mm-hmm. not fit what Silas wants, and the talent is not good enough to hit open threes. Like, the talent was only good enough to just stand in one space mm-hmm. and just shoot threes. Like, do one thing and do that routine. Yeah. I'll say this. What Silas has built, I, look, it, you kind of have to look at the idea of what's the issue here. Is the issue the, the, the system or is mm-hmm. it personnel? And yep. the what made Silas an attractive coaching guy in the first place was his, his job last season with Dallas. And the way that he made that offense look as as efficient as possible. So what Silas builds can work. I agree. I think, I think it's more about the personnel than the system. I and agree. I'm willing to give Silas as much of a chance to get the right personnel in there before right. we start pointing the finger towards him. And no, I see a lot I'm of not people pointing looking... the fingers toward him at all. I'm just yeah. saying this is what is going on. I'm not on the camp of fire Silas. People Good, because that that camp is not a camp that should even exist at this point. He's only right. forty, <laughs> so not even forty games yet. Right. But I, I will say there have been points at this in this season that he has struggled with rotations in minute alley. Well, right, because he, the the team that he planned had Russell Westbrook and James Harden on it. Right, and that was the <laughs> offense that he had, and he hasn't been able to adjust, you know, quickly enough to. I mean, he did a decent job at the beginning of the season. They won six straight games. Right, because, like, honestly, if you really think about what Silas cultivated, what was a part of last year with Dallas, what he was hoping, even if Russ wasn't going to be there, right, he was hoping that James Harden was going to play the Luka role and Wood would play the Porzingis role. Mm -hmm. The difference is now you don't have both of them. One left, one is injured. Yeah, so, I mean, at that point, you know, they're kind of just throwing their hands up and just letting what happens happens. But right. it's getting to a point where you can't just let things like this happen. You can't lose by 50 and just say, oh, well, it's just a game. Like, if you lose, like, the way they did on Friday, you know, where they played pretty decent throughout. They had good they had good spurts. They had bad spurts. You can say, okay, take away the good, you know, leave the bad behind and move forward. But after you lose like this, you can't just sit there and do nothing. And... I'll say this. One thing that Silas did tonight that I actually liked is the fact that he started Patton. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit on our last show where, you know, we thought having a, having a big with John Wall in, in the beginning of the game will certainly help him. Now, I don't think John Wall really took advantage of that because John Wall kind of ignored him and just threw up as many shots as he could in that first quarter. I think he was like one of ten in the first quarter. Like, worst game of John Wall that we've seen so far, and I really hope that is stays that way because I don't want to see anything. I mean, to be fair, John yeah. Wall, when you see him play, usually ignores the roller man all the time. Even when Christian Wood was there, he would ignore him on a pick and roll pass for anything. He'll just go straight to the rim. But it's not like John. It's not like I'm saying John Wall selfish or anything. I'm not on the John Wall selfish mm-hmm. thing. No, no. It's more no, so he looks for his own shot. He'll look for his own shot before he'll look to. You know, and that's fair. Yeah, but he had no assist tonight. But he he did not help the ball movement tonight when he just puts his head down and just looks for his own shot. Yeah, exactly. So, I saw you know, something from Stat News right before we got on. 
it was it was like a one of the most ridiculous stats. So John Wall had 14 points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero threes. He's the first player with a 10 0 0 0 0 0 stat line on 25% oh shooting or worse since J.R. Smith in 2012. And he's the first starter to have this stat line since 1985. Well, I mean... So we're talking a historically poor game from him tonight. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, I, I for me, I feel like... Not I expect a lot more from a guy making $40 million. I'll tell you that right now. Hey, I agree, but then... Not to be nihilistic, but the man's coming off a uh, ACL injury and hasn't played in like two two and a half years. And my is like at this point, his career, like what he views the Rockets is, is a rehabilitation center to prove everybody that he's still productive. See, I don't think that. I don't think that fully. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I don't agree with you fully on that. Easy is because I think. John, like, if you look at John Wall before the season, you know, he wants to prove mm-hmm. that he still has it. This is a prove-it point for him. Yes, right. there's that. But, I mean, keep in mind, a month ago, this team was on a six-game winning streak. So, there is guy, there is a winning formula here. And right. No, yeah, whether Christian Wood had all, was all of that or not, there is a winning formula there. And John Wall is, has shown, even though he's been two years removed, there have been games this season where he doesn't look like it, and maybe we should. Maybe we're naive to expect that from him every night. And mm-hmm. it's hard to make assists when you got guys who can't shoot. So right. I'll, I'll give him that. But like, I don't know. It, it, look, ever since John Wall said he was the franchise guy, the Rockets have not won a game. So <laughs> because he's not, because he, because he's not. Yeah. The difference is between a guy like James Harden or a guy like I'm trying to think. And let's just say James Harden and John Wall because we have the most experience with those two guys. James Harden does not let his team go on an 11-game losing streak. You have to have the type of mentality of, I'm not going to let my team lose. I am going to go out there, and if it comes down to just saying, give me the damn ball and get out of my way, then so be it. But John Wall, throughout this 11-game losing streak, has not done that. You know what? I'll, I'll counter to your point, right? Um, is John Wall a franchise guy, right? No. To me, a franchise guy. Now, like, if we're talking about talent-wise, no, right? But if we're talking about, like, how teams market their players, yes, because he will sell jerseys. He will bring tickets. However, is he a floor raiser of any kind? No. He has never shown that in his whole career because a floor raiser usually wins – 50 games talent be damned and usually gets you know they usually get like home court advantage every year right and I think that's the main difference here he's never been that because his best season even in um in the Wizards he never won 50 games before in his life and that was with the healthy Beal, and that was with Paul Pierce as a small ball four Marcin Gortat and one of the Morris twins Right, but the that's my problem with net right now is they look to him. He, he wants to be the franchise guy. He's not a leader in my eyes. I don't think he leads this team in any 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 way, shape, or form. He is not leading this team or this organization. Period. End of story. I feel you. I, I mean, guys, I'm, not, I'm not even going to argue that. Like, yeah. and guys like Eric Gordon mm-hmm. have their good nights and they have their terrible nights, but. 
guys like PJ Tucker, guys like like Sterling Brown has fallen off a cliff production wise. Right. Uh, David Nwaba, nice player, but he is what he is. John right. Wall, just there, there's something about him that just makes me say he's a good player. He is a damn good player. Right. Not that guy. He's no longer that guy. He needs someone next to him, like a Christian Wood. Or but like the, a Kevin Porter. He needs he needs a guy that can shoot the ball. Like a Brad Beal. I honestly but, think that that helps him. He, he's a good complimentary guy. If he's contending, like he was brought in to come in, and the Rockets were going to take on this idea that it was going to be Wall and Harden. And right. that was something that we were all about because John Wall didn't need to be the, the guy. And... He, look, he isn't a number. He's not a number one. He's we've we've seen that now. And the thing is, though, is when he came to Houston, he wasn't coming as a number one. He wasn't asked to be a number one. And while I do think that there is something about John Wall that really wants to be that guy, I just don't know at this point at this point in his career if he can be that. Only because he's just not that guy. And it, look, very few people can be a great number one. Yeah. And like, even even look at look at Anthony Davis. Like Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the NBA. But yeah. Anthony Davis could not like as you mentioned, he's a floor raiser. Yeah, he's not a floor raiser. He's not. And like Paul George, Paul George, great player, wasn't a floor raiser. He wasn't. He wasn't that guy. And so very few people have the ability to go out and do that. I would say Kevin Durant, LeBron James, James Harden. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Like people who just win 50 games with nothing. Yeah. You just that like might you, be you it. Just it. That might be it. Steph Curry. Right. Like those that those five guys might be it. On Steph is more of a ceiling raiser though. Cause if you because he's the person that can get you 70 wins mm-hmm. with with a crazy amount of talent. Yes. And but so like, you he's mean, not somebody that you ground into the paint and make them score, play 40 minutes a night, talent be damned, and so away 50. In order to create a team, you need a floor raiser, someone that will keep you from being bad, and a ceiling raiser. The difference between a good team and a great team are the teams that have those ceiling raisers. And right, right now, the Rockets have neither a floor raiser nor a ceiling raiser. There might be, they just aren't playing right now because they're in Orlando or they're on the bench injured. And look, we get 10 days, 10 days until uh, March 11th. So Mm -hmm. that's when we will hopefully see Christian Wood back. And then hopefully Kevin Porter will get some action. And, you know, hopefully that is where things will change. But I want to take the last part of this, uh, of this podcast that we're doing. We are the dream take podcast presented by the dream shake. Jeremy Brenner here, co-hosting with Michael Brown. We are going to use this last 10, 15 minutes to talk about Victor Oladipo and this extension. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are not happy about this. Um, So I want to hear from you guys. How do you guys feel if you guys are happy with it, not happy with it? I have a very different opinion, I think, than what most people think. So I'm going to let you guys speak first, and then I'll counter with whatever y'all got. So Mike... Easy. If anyone wants to come up on stage, you're more than welcome to. If you want to throw it down in the comment section in our in our chat room, you're more than welcome to. Um, what do you guys think about Victor Oladipo and this extension? So, what is it? Forty five million dollars for two years that he declined? It's 
45 and a half. So Jeremy, real quick, what what do you think people are upset about? I think people are upset. I think people are surprised that, like, I think around Rockets Twitter and around, like, like Red Nation, people thought that Vic is only going to be here until the trade deadline. And you're going to send him away to who the highest bidder at the trade deadline. And seeing an extension pop up, you're thinking, oh, well, it looks like the Rockets want to keep him. And mm-hmm. keeping nope. Victor Oladipo on this roster, it it limits you. It limits bit. flexibility of well, any kind. Yeah. But you know what this is, right? This is nothing to do with an extension. This is total PR by the Rockets front office. Exactly mm-hmm. why is, I'm okay with this. This is all this is because this is a pattern now. The Rockets did it with James Harden when James Harden was very clear about not wanting to be here. The Rockets go, hey, you know what we did? We offered them, you know, we offered them an extension. We offered them $100 million. There's, that's ridiculous because he was never going to sign that. <laughs> right, that's all this is sign. with Oladipo. This is such a non-story. I don't know why anybody is actually thinking this is real because it's very clear that Victor Oladipo, A, wants to go to a big market, B, wants a long-term deal, and C, wants to get paid. Obviously, he's going to turn this extension down. He wants mm-hmm. to hit free agency, but this is the Rockets front office saying, hey, look, we, we, we did all we could. You know, we, we offered the extension. We offered him the max amount of money we can under the, the current CBA, which is total nonsense because the Rockets have no intention of giving any money or any extension to Victor Oladipo. Okay, I'll, 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 take, I'll take the devil's advocate for the sake of conversation, right? Okay. I, I honestly think the Rockets made that move on purpose because they want to have a saving grace to say, hey, at least we have another big name that you come in and cheer for, right? And that, hey, probably this is just a fluke. He's coming off of injury. He can probably come back and be Victor Oladipo of the old of 2018, you know, third All-NBA team player, you know, three, um, two, you know, two-way scoring, slashing um, shooting guard. You know what I mean? But um, and then, mostly, I think that Oladipo declined it because he wants more money elsewhere. Despite the and that he's still foolishly betting on himself to think he can make an All NBA team to increase his max salary, and he think he will do that under a contending team. Um. Because if you really think about all the stories that have come out for the past year and a half, you hear the rumblings about how he was on the Pacers, how he would basically ask the opposite teams to trade him to their team while on the court, publicly announcing his love for Miami and even turning down whatever a secret of max contract deal that was laid out for him in the Pacers, right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of signaling to heading toward the fact that he's in it for himself and that he's out of here. He just wants his paper. Do you blame him? Here's the thing, though. Can you really say, do you really think he even adds to the Houston Rockets? Because I've, I've called him multiple times on Twitter and on this app at Enemy of Progress because he's not good enough to make the team better and he's not bad enough to make the team lose. Yeah, I would, say, I would say Enemy of Progress. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um I'll say this, you know, for those of you who listen to us often will know how much Mike and I disagree on a lot of things, but 
what Mike said, I cannot say any better. I think Mike and I are on the same page with this, which uh, that's why I opened up with, you know, I have a very unpopular opinion. Don't be surprised. But Mike, we have the same opinion for once. <laughs> well, I mean, we agree on a lot of stuff. But yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. You know what? I do, I do not. I didn't give us enough credit there. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. So this whole thing with Vic, look, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Rockets offered him the most they could right now, right? Two years, 45.2 million, okay? Yep. At the end of the season, but before the start of free agency, the Rockets can offer him a four-year contract for $113 million. He just has to wait a few months. And then once free agency begins, whenever that day is, the Rockets can offer four years, $151 million, or the max, which is five years, $195 million. Now, Rockets, I don't think, have any intention to do that because they thought, you know, this is the worst-case scenario. We offer him the contract, and he accepts. So then he's got two years. I, I don't think that was ever in the cards, but let's just say, like, devil's advocate here. He accepts the deal 2023 when John Wall's a free agent, um, Christian Wood's a free agent. So, like, they don't have anything tied up past 23. And that's when they can go back after uh, – actually, never mind. James Harden's 22 free agency. But um, but anyway, so, look, if you tell me I, you can make $22 million a year, or if you wait three months, you can make $29 million a year. I'm going to wait a few months. And if you wait even a little more after that, you can say, oh – I can make $36 million a year. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. So that's why Vic was never going to accept this. And he's 28. He's had major injuries. So this is his last big contract. And people don't – people look at this number and they're like, oh, my God. Like, he shouldn't even be making that two-year $45 million. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, like, remember how crazy it sounded when, Char- uh, when Gordon Hayward declined his – uh, player option with the Celtics, and then Charlotte gave him $30 million. Mm-hmm. You're right. Some team is going to give Victor Olipo what he's looking for. Four years, some some hundred-something million. Even though he hasn't played super well this season because he is in just a weird scenario altogether, but it's, it's just like, like, Vic just doesn't make sense for this team because he doesn't fit the roster he doesn't fit the system he there are systems where he does fit and there are places where he will think new york comes to mind as a place that makes a lot of sense for vic and that would offer him that kind of money miami also makes a little bit of sense there too so there are teams that i think will give vic this money i just don't see it being the rockets i think the rockets are also and look i think this actually boosts vic's trade value because if you're looking at this, you know, you're like, oh, well, the Rockets, if they're offering him an extension, they really want to keep him, you know. And if they're not being able to keep him, they probably are going to want a little bit more for a guy like him. They can play that narrative if they'd like. Now, teams might read right through it, and I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. But what if what if in the case that they're not, you know? And it, it just goes to show you that this situation, you know, I, I think you can get two firsts out of Vic. I, I really do. Two if firsts? Drew Holiday, no. If Drew Holiday can go no. for three firsts, I expect at least two firsts for Vic. Here's the not, thing. Not Here's without. Thing. I'll, I'll be jumping 
for joy. I would literally run outside of my house naked if we can get even a pick off of Oladipo. Two, I might as well just die and go to heaven. Well, right? the the problem is you're only going to get that type of return, Jeremy, if he shows some sort of intention to resign with that team. Right. He, but he, yeah. if, you, if you trade him to – because a team – okay – so you be Raphael Stone and I'll be Pat Riley in Miami, right? You call me and say, we'll give you Vic. And Pat Riley's going to say, okay, we'll give you Kelly Olenek and a second-round pick. And what would you say? No. Okay. Then he's going to say, well, I'm not going to improve my offer because we think we can get him in free agency for nothing. Right. We can, we can just flat out sign him. And Raphael Stone will say, okay, we'll go trade him to somebody else. And what if the return package isn't as good? That's why Victor Oladipo, to me, you have to attach a guy like Daniel House to Victor yeah, Oladipo. No. And we don't even know what Daniel no. House's value is. I think, because well, here, here's the thing. Before I got here, I was in another room, and I had, a, I had a Grizzlies reporter and I had a Thunders reporter, right? And they're both my friends on this app. And we were all discussing high and low what is Victor Oladipo's value, right? And they all sat there and said, lucky, first pick, like one first rounder protected, heavily protected first rounder, or two seconds. Because the issue is that injury that he has reportedly is the same injury that Charles Barkley had with us. Yeah, but Victor Oladipo is 28. Charles Barkley was on his last legs when he had that injury. So that's that's a big difference. That's but, true, but the problem is the two players that have had those injuries, had that specific injury, they 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 fell off the earth and never were to hear but from again. But put up 27 the other night. Like, there is still a semblance of that all-star there. He might not be that yeah. guy, but – and if you also look at where things are, with so many teams fighting for playoff spots, that limits the amount of sellers in the market. Yeah, and that's the hope. The Rockets are – ideally the biggest seller and the, mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo should be the headliner in this trade deadline season. That's the hope. We have to hope that Washington wins more and the Bulls Which they win look more. like they are. Washington right now is two games within a playoff spot. They're not and, trading. I mean, if you're asking if they're going to trade Brad Beal, I don't see that. No, happening. it's not happening, but I'm just saying in general, or like, let's say, Chicago Bulls, do you need to hope that they keep winning? Because if that's the case, then that makes Oladipo the prime target. And also, we all know that. Well, yeah, I mean, those guys are going to, unless a rocket size collapse happens with any of these teams in the East, look, this East is super tight. Four right. and a half games separate fourth from 14th. Like, there is every team, like, no teams in the East are going to be sellers. No teams in the East are going to be sellers except maybe Detroit. And then in the West, I mean, Minnesota, maybe. I mean, but who are they going to sell? You know, all those guys are young, and they don't really have any, you know, major guys mm-hmm. that that scream out as a seller. But the Rockets do. The Rockets have several guys that will likely be dealt or have the potential of being dealt. And with so few teams and with very little room between those, a guy like adding Victor Oladipo could be the difference between a team contending versus a team not. And – Look, maybe you get Vic for a first and a young player that you can build around or that, that has something, a shooter. I would love nothing more than a shooter. Now, yeah. we mm-hmm. like like we talked about how Utah, a team like Utah, who is 
at the top of the NBA right now. But the Lakers are right on their tail. The Clippers are right on their tail. And if, if you add Vic to that team, like if I'm thinking like Vic for Bogdanovich and a first or something like that. There's no way they There's were no way it was going to happen. But, but like what we need to understand is like what Victor Oladipo looks like right now is that he's basically he's a man that takes a lot of shots. His playmaking skills are not that good. His jump shot is inconsistent and he's taking a step back on defense where Eric Gordon is a better de- perimeter defender. I don't think Eric Gordon's getting traded because he still has such a long contract left. Yeah. But I mean, you could also think of, I mean, I know we've thrown around Atlanta as an option for a potential trade destination just because they have John Collins. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, if they want to deal John Collins, like, it's going to take maybe the Rockets giving a pick. But that I don't would think be... it's even worth it. It's not no. worth it. Houston should yes, not, yes, Houston should tank to the ground like they've never seen before. Yeah. Like, but you, and, oh, and, and throw him a bunch of money as a restricted free agent in free agency in hopes that he will take a shot of being a co-star with Christian Wood. But why would he would? Why would because... you want to? Well, why would you want to do that when you could trade Vic in in a draft pick for John Collins? Get him here now, so you don't take the chance of losing him in free agency. Because the issue is that, that the draft no pick way. they may want is this year's draft pick or even next year's. And you can't give them any immediate draft picks. Well, you can't give them this year's draft pick because you don't know where the pick is going to be for this year. Give them a future one and you give them Vic. Like, Which done. one, though? Who cares? It's John Collins. John they're going to care. The, because the, because gonna John care Collins is better than any made. player you're going to get with that draft pick. I think what I'm saying is that – what I'm saying is that they would care because they're going to want to know where that pick is projected to, to convey next, the, you know, in the near future. Yeah, they're going to want they're going to want a pick in the next two years or so. But, you know, I'm sure there will be suitors for Victor Oladipo at the trade deadline. I think we'd be crazy to think that, you know, that there will be no offers for Vic. I, no, I he'll be traded. That happening. He'll be traded. It's just going to be a matter of where and what the return will be because – the return can be very high or it could be very low. Like, a, could you see a team like, like Portland? No, because what, what, what would Portland they have? Lillard and McCollum. Maybe right. Denver. Denver's I, problem is he okay? Theoretically, he could help as a starting two, but the problem is is that if they have seen what I what we have seen, and they are listening to doctors who have been saying that this injury is as debilitating as they may say it is, they're going to say, no, that's not worth the risk. If they did, they will give you like a lowly, you know. A, like like a, a first round pick, just, just a first round pick and Gary Harris. If that was to happen, I'd do good. that. That'd be I good. would do that deal. I'll tell you another team to watch out for for Victor Oladipo is Milwaukee. Milwaukee doesn't have any picks, Mike. Otherwise, like, I think it's a decent fit for them, but Milwaukee does not have the kind of picks. It'd have to be, like, some kind of three-team trade or something. Would you, know you, do, would you do Vic for Bobby Portis and Dante DiVincenzo? Yes. So would I. Yeah, so would I. And you know what else I even heard? Somebody made up, a, made up a good proposal. It was the Celtics would go for them because they have their, TP, they have their TPE that they have to use. Yeah. 
And there are there are a lot of Celtics that I would take. They have a lot of young guys that they have, like Ro- like Robert Lankford Williams or or Robert Williams. I don't think they're going to trade Robert Williams because he's been playing really well, and they need a big. Um, but Robert Williams, Grant Williams, um, Semi Ojale. I mean, he's not as exciting as the other guys, but you know there are there are shooters, and they will they will emerge as the as the trade deadline comes. You know, we're now in March. So we're at 24, 24 days away from the trade deadline. So it's been 24 days since the Rockets have won and 24 days until the trade deadline. So we're, we're at the halfway point. Um, we're at the I halfway just, point here. I just wonder, how long are we going to keep this losing streak up? We won't, Honestly, win. we won't win before the, the All-Star break. Watch us beat, like, how funny would it be if the Rockets beat the Nets on Wednesday? Oh, I mean, like, we'll just, how funny would that be? I would say we'd lose by 50 in a joking manner to Brooklyn, but I've just seen what we – we just lost by 49 to the Grizzlies. Um, uh, James Harden might have 60 points on, on Wednesday. Mark it down. Uh, honestly, It wouldn't guys, shock me. I, I think, you know, it, and maybe it's wishful thinking, I think there's a chance this ends tomorrow. No way. Against Cleveland. I do. No. Just because, just because I think you're going to see a – I think you're going to see a fired-up team tomorrow. I really do. I, you know I what? Know. Actually, I'm with you. You know why? Because both teams are tanking. They're both of the leaders of the tank race. They're yeah, and if Justin tank. Patton plays a little bit more than he so did hard. on Wednesday, if Justin Patton plays a little bit more, that might uh, limit what Jared Allen does. And if we can get th- – if we can just limit Jared Allen tomorrow, then I think the Rockets have a shot. And if they make their shots. The Rockets shot really well against Cleveland the other night. You lost by we lost by twenty to Cleveland. Nothing that game was not as that game was a lot closer than the score suggested. Mike. Okay, but okay, but at the end of the day, the, this this does not end. The tomorrow. Rockets can beat Cleveland, and this this streak has to end at some point. So why not tomorrow? You know what's funny? I actually like applaud every time we lose because that means we have a better chance of keeping our pick. As sad as that sounds, like that is sad because the. NBA team should not be in the business of being gigantic losers, and that's what the Rockets are right now. They are a they have, the franchise right now. They have no choice because they're a pick is top more protected. You have no choice but to tank into the you tank into the ground. You have no choice. But even then, even then, like we talked about tanking on the show so many times, and even if you get into the top four, if you, even if you have one of the worst four records in the league, doesn't guarantee your chances of getting. In the top four are fifty two percent. Right. So, are you going to take a coin flip for like? Because if that if that coin flip doesn't go your way, you're screwed. If you're the fifth pick, sorry, that's going to Oklahoma. I mean, here's the here's the thing, though, right? I think the issue was is that the Rockets weren't tanking before; they were just this bad. There's not much to change your fortunes, even if Christian Wood came back. With how no, bad Christian they're Wood's going to come back and they're going to win games. I, I guarantee yeah, you the Rockets will not be in the top. I'm, hot take. The Rockets will not be, unless unless they have like another horrific injury in the second half, the Rockets will not be in the, in the bottom four. Yeah, no, no. That's not a hot take. That's reasonable. The issue is, is that even if he did come back, right, he still won't lose enough. He still, he'll still win enough to be in the lottery. He won't, you, you know what I mean? Like, you might yeah, as well just I don't play think, yeah, odds. I don't think this team is going to make it to the top 10, but I I think they're going to finish somewhere like 12 or 13. Right. That's 
that Jeremy, what you just said is not a hot take. You want to know what a hot take is? The Rockets have an owner that cares more about his image than he does winning games. Facts. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 what he is at this point. That's what he is. Until he until is. until we are shown otherwise, this is a I man. I'm not that, that will not spend listen, money. He won't I'm spend money on a team that he does not see winning a title. I'm That's not for Tillman, but I'm not going to blame this losing streak on him. I mean, you can't initially blame all of this on Tillman. I'm not. Tillman, you can't hey, Tillman's not Tillman's jacking up threes. If Tillman were jacking up threes, yes, point. I'd blame him. Huh? No. If Tillman were jacking up threes, I'd blame him. No, I get what you're saying, but the point is, is that Tillman made a lot of decisions that inf- that was influenced at this point to create this issue now. So it's just like. You know, we can't. What are you gonna say? You're gonna blame James Harden for quote unquote quitting? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna blame. Are you gonna blame more? No, but what I will James do, Harden, Tony, for leaving. Like, I'm gonna blame point, James Harden for pushing Chris Paul out. Yeah, that's fair. And but, I'm gonna blame fair. Tillman for encouraging it. Yes, but I, I will blame Tillman for his handling of Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni. Exactly, which alienated James Harden. James Harden. So. That's my problem is, yes, Tillman does not shoot the shots. I get that. But going back to – we started this conversation about Victor Oladipo. That's all this was today was right. a a move to say, I offered him. You know, yeah, I did look this. Guys, we tried. You know, we I, tried. I, I tried. You know, I tried to give him the money. No, you didn't. No, right. you did not. And you know what you're doing is at this point, the more games that go by the way that they're playing – He's just sitting back and saying, well, you know, it is what it is. You know? But you know what? The reality is going to hit him in the doorstep because if one of Maury, Mike D'Antoni, James Harden, right, with the 76ers or the Nets make a conference final or go to the finals or even better, wins, do you not understand how bad it will look for Houston to keep on losing and losing and losing and losing? At some point, everybody would direct all their issues and put it towards him. See, He's a new owner. The thing is, I don't think that that's I don't think that's where the Rockets are going. I think the Rockets I think this losing is is very short term. I, I don't think it's going to last. I think the Rockets will be better next season and I could see them contending for a play in spot next season. And it look it, and it all depends on how the draft picks go. If they you know, if if this is going down the crapper and they end up with Cade Cunningham, then then yeah, I think the Rockets should be in the top eight next season. If if you have yeah. Cade Cunningham healthy with Kevin Porter next to him, I'm sure if they draft Cade, they'll find a new home for John Wall. Christian Wood will be there. I'm sure that this team will be just fine. And they have a whole bunch of draft capital, and right. it's going to continue coming in because they have so many more assets. Continue that they still need to trade. So yeah. that to me. I don't see that this as a long term. I don't think our rebuild is going to be like Sacramento's or Minnesota's that just continues year after year after year. Let's I think be it's careful. going to be a Let's be quicker careful. turnaround than most think. Let's be careful with that because Orlando said the same thing with Dwight when they got rid of Dwight and they got a litany of picks and they got Nikola Vucevic. And they have been spinning the wheels of mediocrity ever since. And all those picks that they got and that they conveyed, they never picked the best Not player they one. drafted was Victor Oladipo, and that's why they are where they are. Yeah, but I'm just saying in general, like, 
all those picks that they had never conveyed into any superstar talent that they thought they were going to have. The best player that they drafted that's still there is Aaron Gordon. So and yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's the point I'm trying to say. I'm not, I'm, I'm not as down on the Rockets, right? I, I think that there's a chance that they'll be, com- they're going to be competitive regardless, right? When they're fully healthy, right? I think people should be careful of their expectations of like returning to glory days like we're used to because we're despite the fact we have two championships we're always a very we always win a lot of games regardless of who's on the team mm-hmm. we, return we to never the, really we saw just lost by 49 points to the grizzlies i mean yeah but again like, and we've lost to the pelicans we've lost to the hornets we've lost to the knicks like this team the knicks are good mike they're okay. top four in the east Okay. It's still very debilitating to lose to the Knicks. I don't care what you say. Yeah, it's – look, the thing is, I'm with Jeremy. I, I totally agree with Jeremy. If these things happen, my yeah. thing is go make them happen. You can go yes. make John Collins happen. You cannot make Cade Cunningham happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched that kid play yesterday. He will be the number one pick in the draft. Right. P- period. End of story. The kid can just flat out ball. Right. But you can't guarantee you get the number one pick. It just – if you get the luck of the draw – You get lucky. Right. But right. with Christian Wood, that's not going to happen. You're, you're not going to be that bad. So well, that's why you need to start building around him now at the trade deadline and do not go tank games. Again, I agree with, I agree with you wholeheartedly again we don't know what's in the mind of Raphael Stone and Silas and what Tillman is saying because you know if you were if most people were general managers right now knowing the implications of their draft pick right now they would literally say tank into the ground because that is a you have 52 that's more of a percentage point than a coin flip you have more of a chance of catching of keeping your pick than anything else so but I, but like again, I I feel like the Rockets can have a really good quick rebuild depending on their scouting department because they have three picks regardless if they keep their pick. Three. This is gonna be this offseason will be the telling point of the direction of what this franchise is gonna go. Mm-hmm. Not not the next game, which is important. It's tomorrow with the J train pulling into the station. What's one key? Mike, you have for Monday, tomorrow night? Um, contain Jared Allen. You know, Justin, yeah. Pat- Justin Patton's got to do his job on the boards uh, with Patton. And you got to hit your shots. I mean, you, you've got to figure out whether it's conceptually, which I don't think there's a problem with the sets that they're running. I think there are times in the game they dribble the ball way too much, way too much iso ball. They need to continue to set screens, move without the ball, find those open shots. And it, Eric Gordon and Daniel House are the keys for me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a way to get them going. You have yeah. to find a way to put them in spots to make their shots. P.J. Tucker, get him in the corner, get the three ball going for him again. Um, but, yeah, the biggest thing is is containing Jared Allen on the boards and, and slowing down Colin Sexton, you know, minimalizing his speed. Uh, to help you win the game for yeah. me. Go, go fight and get a win. That You need to win. Like, this win is probably more important for 
any kind of win opportunity they've had for the last two weeks because of the game they are, you know, the game that they had tonight. They they need this win now more than they have needed the last the last ten games is because you need to find a way to get this game past you. That's what's good about playing tomorrow night is you get a quick turnaround, but if you continue to lose, it's going to be another, you know, it's going to just amplify the losing. And right. if they can get a win here, you know, right before the All-Star break and, you know, uh, to that, that kind of puts this game into the back, the rear view mirror real quick, I think that's going to be crucial. But thank you so much to everyone who uh, participated tonight. Thank you, Easy, for coming on stage and talking Rockets basketball with us. We are the Dream Take Podcast at thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. You can follow us on Twitter at thedreamtake and at dreamshakesbn. You can give us a like on Facebook if you're over there and check out all of our content over at thedreamshake.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Dream Take podcast uh, on whichever app you choose to listen to your podcasts. We have a post-game show every Every single game, no matter how bad the score is, um, if, if whether we lose by 49 or win by 49, we'll be here. Uh, sometimes on the Locker Room app, you can be sure to follow us on Locker Room at The Dream Take. And you can follow my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, on Twitter and Locker Room at BSWPodcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter and Locker Room on my personals at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E. N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And until next time, go Rockets.